Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, Nebraska. Great to be with all of our listeners again today to read a little bit further in God's Word, dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, and grow some more in our faith. Because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Get to know us. Let us get to know you check us out. Many of our radio program listeners have done that in the past over the years and continue to do so, and many have stayed on. And we're thankful to be able to help so many people come to a better understanding, a fuller knowledge of God's Word through the means of these radio programs. Now, our Bible classes begin at 9.30 on Sunday mornings, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings, 6 o'clock for our evening service, and that's more worship and Bible study. And then in the middle of the week, good time to get our spiritual batteries recharged to be able to take on the rest of the week. Each Wednesday evening, 6.30, we come back together for midweek Bible classes. Now, you're welcome to any and all of our services, and we'd love to meet you soon. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. Now, we encourage you, to tell everybody about the program. And I know that many people cannot necessarily tune in at the prescribed times that we're on, even though we're on several times a day. But there's an alternative. You can tell them and you can take advantage of this yourself. Go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now, it's all free, always will be free. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you will automatically receive to your smart device, whether that's your phone or computer or whichever one you choose, you'll receive Search the Scriptures, this radio program, Monday through Friday. It'll be automatic to your smart device, but you'll get a whole lot more Bible teaching besides that. You'll receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and... I really consider this to be a jewel, a daily Bible study, only about 13 minutes each day. And we can usually fit that into our schedules, but that keeps us in God's word, keeps our our appetite for learning more from the scriptures alive and, you know, whetted. So that we call that today's Bible class. Again, seven days a week, only about 13 or so minutes long, but it keeps us in God's word. So Take advantage of that yourself, churchofchrist.com. Sign up for our podcasting. Tell everybody else to do so as well. We're thankful to be with you, and we're thankful to have this opportunity to continue to study God's Word with you. We want to move on in our particular line of study that we've been looking at. We've been talking about how, well, don't let the devil win. Now, a lot of people, they don't really think about the devil as being this big, bad you know, person or being, but he is all of that and a whole lot more. Again, I've emphasized many times in teaching and preaching, the devil is not some cute little cuddly guy about four feet tall and red flannel pajamas and some little horns sticking out of his head and a long pointed tail, and he's carrying this little pitch fork around with him. And he's kind of, you know, mischievous, but, you know, just kind of not all that, that threatening. No, that's not him. 
In fact, the Apostle Peter describes him as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Now, of course, that's imagery that we can relate to. We would not want to get out in, in the, the area of a wild lion walking around, either in our streets or out in the wild someplace, because we know the danger that's involved there. Uh, we're, we're likely to be killed and eaten, torn apart. And there's nothing pretty about that kind of you know, slaughter by a wild lion. And so Peter describes him. He says, be sober, be vigilant. In other words, on guard, be alert, because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And you're the one he's seeking, and me, and everybody else living in this world at this time. Everyone alive at any particular time in this world. Those are the ones. Those are his prey that he's searching for. Now, John, or rather Peter goes on and he encourages us that we can resist him effectively. He says, resist him steadfast in the faith. Now, in the faith, in God's word, living by the teachings of God's word. That is the faith, the faith. Now, so resist him steadfast in the faith. Live by God's word. Follow his teachings. And in doing so, you're walking with God. And the devil is no match for God. So he's real. There's no neat little thing about the devil. He is real. He is deadly. And he is determined. And you can add a whole lot of other descriptive terms. Mean wicked. I mean, just go on and on. Again, we need to let that sink into our brains. The devil is our most dangerous enemy, and he's always after us. He's seeking your destruction and mine and everyone else's as well. Now, we face a whole lot of challenging and trying and difficult times in life. Sickness and injuries with the accompanying pain and suffering, certainly those are challenging and trying, and they can be very difficult, especially if it becomes a chronic problem or, or an extended kind of illness. But also strained relationships. How many of our homes are crumbling right now? Let me tell you, it's an alarming rate. Divorce problems even between siblings or even between parents and, and their children or between other family members or relationship problems between friends, work associates. The list can go on and on. There's financial hardships also that confront us oftentimes in life. Unemployment all of a sudden, unexpected loss of a job, unexpected bills that come in. And you're going along, things seem to be going just fine, and all of a sudden somebody ends up in the hospital. Or maybe there's a car accident, and your car is totaled. Now you have to go find another vehicle to drive, and you may not be able to find one that is equivalent to yours without paying a whole lot of money. What about unexpected expenses of other kinds? Medical bills, groceries, the price going up continually. You see all kinds of challenges, but let me tell you also, the death of a family member or a friend, the death of a family member or a friend, have you lost your parents yet or one of your parents? Or maybe have you lost a child or maybe you've lost a spouse 
or maybe a really close friend or a sibling. See, all of these kinds of scenarios, they are realities to living in this physical world. We face a whole lot of challenging and trying and difficult times in life. Now, those alone can test our faith because they do challenge us and put us through difficult times. But let me go beyond that. The devil will skillfully use these difficult situations to try to lead us away from God away f- and into sin, into disobedience, into disrespect for God. The devil will use these challenging situations. Now, they're tough on us to begin with in and of themselves, but he knows how to step into those situations and really work on our faith and faithfulness. But you don't have to give in to the devil's temptations. We've been talking about don't let the devil win. Well, let me make a more positive statement. You can beat the devil. You can beat the devil. Now, God has promised that as long as you walk with him, he'll be there with you. James wrote in James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So James says, we can resist the devil by walking with God. And I've said many times in teaching and preaching, if you're walking with God faithfully, obediently, and consistently, then there's no room for the devil in your life. But you can't, you can't compromise You cannot walk with the devil and dabble in sinful lifestyles and walk with God in faithfulness at the same time. It just doesn't work. It's an either-or proposition, one or the other. So how can you beat the devil? Walk with God. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. But now you cannot live in sin and walk with God in faithfulness at the same time. When you're living in sinful lifestyles of whatever kind you might describe, you're walking with the devil. You're not walking with God. Now, a lot of people, they want to have it both ways. They want to be able to live in sinful lifestyles and somehow imagine that they're still walking with God in faithfulness at the same time. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. Doesn't work. It's either or. You've got to go all the way with God or else you're not walking with him in faithfulness. Jesus said, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Now, as long as we're walking with God in faithfulness consistently, then he's promised that he will be with us, and he will give us victory over the devil. He will enable us to be able to beat the devil at his own game. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, now again, what is the avenue through which the devil tries to lead us to destruction? Through sin. Through sin. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. The rest of that verse, though, says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you see now again, 
that one verse of Scripture, it lays out the spectrum for us. It's one or the other. It's either or, but it cannot be both. Either if you're living in sinfulness, then death is the ultimate, and we're talking about ultimately eternal destruction. Or if you're walking with the Lord, you're looking, you're moving on toward eternal life in heaven. God has said in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you. Now, God does not tempt you either. The devil is the tempter. And so here Paul writes, God's word, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Now, you're not going to be tempted with some kind of temptation that is brand new, that nobody has ever experienced before. No, the devil's going to throw all kinds of common temptations at you. Now, some of the most common will be, well, temptation to lie, to gossip, to disobey God in various ways, sexual temptations, all kinds of immorality. But all of those temptations, in basic, by ba- their basic nature, will be common. Other people, in fact, it's been common for people across the board, basically, to have been confronted by those kinds of temptations. So also, God is not going to let you be tempted by a temptation that is so overwhelming that you cannot possibly say no to the temptation. What does the verse say again? 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. What a great statement that is of reassurance to you. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God, as long as you're walking with him, Now, again, what does James say? Resist the devil. He will flee from you. How do you resist the devil? Draw near to God. Walk with God. God will walk with you. And there's no place for the devil in your life at that point. But the devil will still try to work on you through all kinds of temptations. John the Apostle in 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17, he identifies three mainline avenues of temptation the devil uses, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. You might think of some other avenues as well, maybe doubt, you know, um, all kinds of of other ways or avenues that the devil might use, but those are main, three main avenues of temptation that he'll use on you on a continual basis the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. But John says that's, those are the ways of the world. And so he says, you know, don't take part in the ways of the world. Don't love the world primarily in your life. Love God. But if you're primarily focused on the ways of the world, getting all caught up in those ways, then he says the love of God is not in you. And he says in verse, verse 17, he says, this world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who walks with God or the one who walks with God, he's going to live forever. 
So again, it's an either-or proposition. Either you're going to end up in eternal condemnation in hell, or you're going to end up in heaven. You make the choice every day, all through the day. How are you going to walk through this life? Are you going to submit to the devil and follow his leading into sin and thereby away from God? Or are you going to resist the devil effectively and cause him to flee from you because you're walking with God in faithful obedience consistently? Well, God has said, as long as you're walking with me, I'll be walking with you. And I won't let you be tempted by any temptation that is so overwhelming that you can't say no to that temptation. I will always make a way for you to, to escape, to say no, to be able to bear that temptation, to resist it effectively. Now, we could look at something else that James wrote in James chapter 1 this time. We begin reading with verse 12. And, and again, this helps us to get a broader perspective on just how sin or how we might give in to sin in our lives. And knowing how that can happen should equip us to be able to recognize the dangers and to resist them effectively. In verse 12, James writes, blessed is the man who endures temptation. Now, the idea of enduring there is without succumbing to it, without giving in to it. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now, Jesus said in John 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. So if we truly love God, if we truly love Jesus, we're going to live by their teachings faithfully and obediently. In verse 13 here in James chapter 1, James goes on and says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. And boy, the devil will really try to work on those weaknesses of the flesh that we that we are, are vulnerable to, or, or at least potentially vulnerable to, He'll tempt us through those weaknesses. And then James goes on and says, Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Well, every one of us has some weaknesses spiritually. Every one of us has some particular potential vulnerability to some kinds of temptations. Now, yours are probably different than mine, and mine are different from somebody else you know, and theirs is different from you, and, and so on. But we all have one or two or three, maybe, particular weaknesses. I call them Achilles' heel temptations. And we have to stand guard against those. Now think about, let me just make a comparison by way of illustration. Let's say you have a lactose intolerance. You know then to stay away from foods that have lactose. You just don't eat those. Maybe you have other, diff other problems with certain foods, certain types of foods. And, and so you say, okay, you look at a menu in a restaurant and you say, okay, uh, you might ask the waiter or waitress, 
does this have any of these kinds of features in it? Because you've got to stay away from those. and make you sick. going to cause you problems. So you know you stay away from those. You're on guard against them. Well, whatever your particular spiritual weaknesses are, you need to recognize those and stand on guard to not let the devil lure you into those particular weaknesses by sin. So we need to, we're going to be confronted with temptations, but blessed is he who endures the temptations without succumbing to them. And then we can always take heart that God has said in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, I won't let you be tempted by anything so overwhelming that you cannot say no to it. I'll be there for you. I am faithful, and I will, I'll, I will make the way for you to be able to say no to the temptation. What a great promise that is. As I have boiled that down in my life and in talking to others and teaching others and preaching, God has made the way for us to be able to say, I don't have to sin. Now, at the same time, what does John the Apostle say in 1 John chapter 1? We sin, don't we? Even as faithful, dedicated Christians, we still mess up from time to time. But I don't have to give in to the sin. When I mess up, when I stub my toe, so to speak, that's on me. That's not because I could not overcome that sin with God's help if I'm walking with him, because he's promised that he will make the way for me to escape, to be able to bear it, to be able to say no to the temptation. That is an encouragement to me, and it should be an encouragement to everybody that God is faithful in that way. He has promised, I will not allow you to be tempted by by the devil through a temptation that is so powerful that you cannot possibly say no to it. I'll make the way for you to be able to overcome it. And I'll be there with you to help you say no. What a great promise. What a great encouragement. And we need to take that to heart. You can beat the devil. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for the strength that you offer us and bless us with as we walk with you in faithful obedience consistently. Help us, Father, to always walk with you and to always benefit from that strength. Help us to be strong against the devil and to defeat him with your help and blessings and power. Please forgive us, gracious Father. And hear our prayer in Jesus' name, amen.